This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. I'm your bartender for the night. I'm the dude, so that's what you call me. Hey, uh, thanks for joining us on the show. Remember, follow us on Facebook, Hey Bartender Podcast, or follow us on Instagram at Hey Bartender Podcast, or follow us on Twitter at Hey Bartender PO1. For some reason, I couldn't get podcast. Maybe the name was too long. I don't know. Um, we also have a website called HeyBartenderPodcast.com. That I try to update on some kind of annual basis. Not really sure yet, but yeah, I'd love to hear uh, hear your guys' thoughts. Love to get your guys' reactions. I talk about drinks on all those things. I do goofy memes most of the time on uh, Hey Bartender Podcast Facebook page and Instagram. But on Twitter, every once in a while, I do come up with some kind of interesting question. So. You know, go check it out on Hey Bartender Podcast. I got a blog on there. Once in a while, I have something interesting to say. Check it out. So, anyway, it's the beginning of the night. So, what do we have to do? Yes, we have to talk about our drink special. So, what's on the drink special for tonight? Get the old bar uh, board out and let's figure this out. I stole this drink from Red7Leisure.co.uk website. It's called After Sex. The after six goes as follows. You take one and a half shots of vodka, one half shot of banana liqueur, fill that baby with orange juice, and give a splash of grenadine on top of that with color. You can put it in a cocktail shaker and then pour it into your glass, or just serve it kind of like a tequila sunrise. That's all up to the bartender. The artist's choice, or if you're one of those people, a mixologist's choice. I prefer bartender. It's just... More basic for me. Am I a basic guy? That's why I call myself the dude. So, there you go. Remember, when you guys try out these drinks, I want to know about it. So get on the Facebook page. Send me a message. Tell me what you thought about the drink after you've tried it. Send me an email. Dude at HeyBartenderPodcast.com. I'd love to hear your guys' input. Hell, even tell me a couple of your bar stories, because I know you guys got some great bar stories, and they need to be shared with the public, don't they? So, let's move on today. What is today's subject? You know, there's one thing. One thing that a lot of bartenders and servers don't ever realize. When you're working in a bar, restaurant, establishment, you know what? You've just turned yourself into, you've turned yourself into a sex symbol. And you're thinking to yourself, dude, wait, no, I can't be a sex symbol. I'm not famous. I'm not uh, on MTV. Well, who would want to be on MTV nowadays anyway? But I'm not... Uh, I don't have a TV show. I don't have a hit single. I don't, uh, you know, I don't model or anything like that. I, you know, my Instagram posts are usually just of uh, whatever I ate that week. No, you, congratulations, are now a sex symbol. No matter what you look like, no matter what you do with your life, there are going to be people that are heavily attracted to you. It boosts your self-esteem, let me tell you. But I'm not talking about uh, you're, you've just become porn star. No, no, no. Unless you're that type of person that takes advantage of situations like that. Then, hell, maybe you can call yourself a porn star. But no, you are have just become a sex symbol. You have become that which everybody wants to see. That which everybody dreams about. 
you are now famous. Congratulations. Uh, you know, that unfortunately may be the only touch of fame that you get in your life. But nonetheless, you are famous because everybody in that town, everybody uh, that comes into your bar now looks forward to seeing you and, you know, wants to talk to you, wants to hang out with you. In fact, most of the time when people come into the bar, they don't even think of you as a bartender or server. They think of you as their buddy. They think of you as a good friend that happens to give them alcohol. And when people like alcohol, everybody's their friend. You know, just whether you like it or not. Let's take a look at it on a different note here. Sex symbol. Now, the, de the definition of that is a person widely noted for their sexual attractiveness. Now, you may be thinking like the icons, the, uh, the people that have been well known for that sort of thing for generations. Elvis Presley, uh, Marilyn Monroe. We come into the uh, nowadays you're thinking Carrie Underwood or uh, Zac Efron or something like that. You don't have to be worldwide to be a sex symbol. You, uh, all you have to be is there. And there has to be people that are attracted to you. And in a bar situation, there will be people that are attracted to you. I've seen customers come in, fall completely in love with the bartender, and that was their first time in. That was the first drink they ordered. That was the first time they breathed the air that was in that bar. And they just all of a sudden looked behind the bar and said, oh my God. God, I want to marry that person, or my God, what does that person look like naked? And then eventually word gets around town, word gets sent around water coolers. Oh my God, there's this really hot bartender that's at this place. You got to go with me tonight and uh, go meet this person because this bartender is awesome. You notice I, uh, so far in this show, I've stayed completely androgynous to what kind of bartenders behind the bar. I bet a lot of you have already made assumptions of who, what kind of bartender I'm talking about, being male, female, or however people self-identify nowadays. But that is the generic way of thinking of your customer. They see the bartender or server and go, oh my God, they are gorgeous. And this is, they don't even have to be drunk to think about this sort of thing. Although being drunk does fuel the fire. Let's admit that. And you're thinking to yourself, what did I, you know, the customers kind of, kind of, uh, you know, just kind of group around you. They constantly have to have your attention to talk to you and you all, and you're thinking, what did I do to deserve this? Why are these people treating me like this? You don't have to do anything because the bar is your stage. The bar is your movie screen. It, that's just the way it is. You are ultimately the center of attention therefore you are you have the sex appeal you are the celebrity and you know that's just something that you kind of have to deal with now this is coming from the dude and i'm going to just lay this out right here beginning of the show did i ever think of myself as a sex symbol when i was working behind the bar fuck no no i i was just the dude i walked behind the bar smiled joked and, uh, you know, just did, uh, just did the bartender thing. If you ask any of the bartenders and servers that I ever worked with during my time as a bartender, they will tell you the same thing. It would take 
a two by four across the face in order for the dude to realize that you are interested in him. And, you know, cause you know, did I think that women were interested in me? Maybe I, I don't have the confidence or self-esteem in order to sit back and say, yeah, I, I had to beat him off with a stick. No, no, my confidence and self-esteem won't let me do that. And it's just the way the wiring in my head is. But there were people that came into the bar that look forward to see me. They came to my bar specifically to see me or the other guy that worked on another shift and they just forgot what day it was. Now, this may be a little bit of a surprise to some of you people. I mean, it's maybe you, you go into your bar every night and you just sit back and think, I'm just here, make friends, pour some drinks. And, uh, you know, that's is it. My customers don't think of me in that way. You know what? I'm sorry, but some of your customers at least do. And now that you know that information, what are you going to do with that information? Now, I'm going to advise you, uh, some of you people out there, that knowing that you're a sex symbol, use your powers for good. Oh, maybe just a little bit of bad, but, you know, try to do your best at least to use your powers for good because, you know, you could use that for your advantage in many, many different ways. And uh, I'm not saying uh, uh, basically throw yourself on uh, on the bar and do a strip tease to get a tip. No, that's going way too far, you know, but you should actually be thankful because you have just now, once you've taken the bar for that night, you have come up, become a sex symbol for who you are, at least the character you are behind the bar. Now, I, you, you might be a little bit different behind the bar than the uh, way you are in public. I mean, I've got friends uh, who are jovial, joking, and always in a good mood when they're behind the bar. But as soon as you see them at the nearby grocery store and the customer walks up and says, Hey, how you doing? They look at him and say, I'm not behind the bar. I don't have to be nice to you right now. It, it, it's all a part of the character. And, and plus, you know, a lot of your customer, uh, a lot of your customers sit back and think that, like I said, you're a friend. They forget that you are actually working. You're there to make money. And they just think you're one of the people that's there to hang out with them and have a good time and party with them. Yeah, I I remember that story from one of my servers too. She she told me that said it. She went into the grocery store, ran into one of her customers, and the customer says, "Hey, we're gonna party this Friday, right?" And she says, "Well, you're gonna party, but I'm gonna be working." Yeah, yeah. But come on, the customers forget that. But maybe it's kind of a good thing. Some of your customers you know, think of you as a sex symbols kind of impulsively. And you got to be careful of those type of people just because bad things can happen, that sort of thing. There are bartenders, of course, out there that take advantage of that immediately. It's just, you know, uh, the bartenders, you know, they automatically uh, realize, oh, this person's really into me. So what are you doing after my shift? And, uh, you know, then... Sometimes good things happen, sometimes bad things happen, because like Chris Rock once said, when you are drinking, uh, when somebody is drinking, you are not meeting that person. You are meeting their representative. It's not exactly who they are. It's who they are with alcohol in their system. And those two people can be Jekyll and Hyde, I'm talking here. I Just completely different. I mean, me. You get... 
oh, I don't know, half a beer in me. And then all of a sudden, I think everything's funny. I turn bright red. And that's just a genetic thing. But uh, uh, but most of the time, I'm just chill, laid back. And, you know, just, you know, almost to the point where people are wondering, uh, is he angry or is he awake? Uh, you know, could be anything. But a couple stories that I can think of right now had a server that was working and one of our regular customers who honestly, I don't think I ever saw him sober. Well, one time, but up to, up to that point, uh, where he came up and talked to talk to us, he was never sober. He walked into the bar kind of borderline to be served. Probably at that time, we probably should have said, no, just go home. But he was never completely sober and he decided that he was head over heels in love with our server. And she was a cute server. Let's, let's not deny that. Uh, really pretty eyes, pretty hair. Uh, uh, and, well, I won't get too far into that, and, but he decided that he was head over heels in love with her. And he asked her out one night and she politely, very politely said, no, I'm sorry. Thanks. Anyway, And the dude came over to uh, me and my friend. Uh, We we were both working behind the bar. And he said, I really like her. uh, She's pretty. She's nice. uh, And, you know, what can I do to get her to change her mind to go out on a date with me? And my friend, well, Shannon, you know, I talk about her all the time. She's one of my favorite uh, people to work with. She looked him right in the eye and said, why don't you try asking her out sober? Because every time you ask her out, she you are completely blasted, and she cannot take you seriously. And so eventually he did, and he tried. I think they made it one date, and but when uh, the date brought them back to the bar and he started drinking regularly, uh, it became a huge turnoff for her, and so she just you know, blew him off from there on out. I think it got to the point where he felt like he embarrassed himself and didn't go into that bar anymore because I was, I was out of that bar by that time. But, uh, yeah, I'm the customers. They just all of a sudden, uh, see you. Like I said, you're the center of attention. So you get to know them and then you get to know them on a social level and you get to know them on a mind level. And then they feel like there's a connection there. Unless they're impulsive, like this story. I was uh, working one night with my friend Shannon, and uh, I was towards the end of the night. I was uh, just picking up, uh, picking up bar glasses, and you know, trying to get ahead of the cleanup work so we didn't have to stay there too damn late. And karaoke was going on that night, and this guy uh, comes in. He's dressed like he just came out of, uh, you know, real blue collar work. I mean, uh, the tattered t-shirt with the collar that's all deformed and out of shape, the flannel that hasn't been washed in about six or seven years, torn blue jeans, uh, and hasn't shaved in probably a, a week or two, uh, and you know, he, he just looked like that. He was a hard, a good hard worker. But all of a sudden, he this was his first night coming into the bar, 
And he just all of a sudden decided, I am in love with the bartender. And first thing he did to impress her was to go up to the stage, uh, go up to the stage, to the karaoke booth and sing some Bob Dylan. Why he chose like a Rolling Stone, I have no idea. That doesn't exactly scream love song to me, but hey, what are you going to do? Maybe he's just going for uh, to try to impress her, to get, try to prove to her that he can sing. A lot of guys do that. And, uh, you know, I'm guilty of it too. But uh, he goes up, sings a Bob Dylan song, and does a pretty good job uh, and mumbles the right words, uh, at, mumbles at the right places. And I'm not making fun of Bob Dylan. He is a musical icon and uh, amazing lyricist. But the guy just, you know, he, he, he pretty much had the Bob Dylan thing down. And uh, then all of a sudden he comes up to me and says, I don't know what to do, man, because, uh, you know, uh, can you put in a good word for me with the bartender? Because I'm in love with her, man. And I just stand there and look and I say, you've known her for a whole 20 minutes and you've already decided you're in love with her. Okay. And uh, so I warned her that this guy was acting a little weird because let's face it, when somebody decides that uh, they're in love with you within the first 20 minutes of meeting you, you run that really delicate line of true love forever and stalker. And this time I was leaning towards stalker. So uh, she made sure that when we walked out of the bar uh, at the end of the night, I was right next to her side just in case he was out there waiting. Which uh, sex symbols have to deal with all the time. There's stalkers everywhere for every sex symbol that's out there. You, uh, you think Angelina Jolie uh, doesn't have any problem with stalkers? Brad Pitt? Uh, hell, I even heard that Dakota Fanning still has problems with stalkers. And that's that was that's when I first heard that she had stalkers. It was a really uh, really disgusting because she was insanely young when I first heard that she had stalkers. And but now it's uh, now that she's legal of age, I'm pretty sure it's still disgusting, but it's not as weird. No, still weird. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you got your followers. But uh, some, as long as the people stay respectful and stay behind the bar, that's how uh, that's the difference between some, uh, you know, a, somebody that's respectful and a stalker. Stay on your side of the bar and even try not to get within the person's bubble when the per you see the person outside of their particular bar. Because like Shannon and I, uh, after we finished up at our bar, we closed earlier than Boston's. And so... Typically, we'd close up the bar, uh, get the dishes done, do our side work, and then we'd both walk out together uh, and then head over to Boston's and go uh, meet our friend Barb because she was working behind the bar that night. And then it became a different level because all of a sudden, the customers that we had at the bar where Shannon and I worked, we were on the same side that they were. So maybe not so much me, okay, not so much me at all. But Shannon, she would automatically have this crowd of people just all of a sudden circle around her and want to talk to her, want her attention, and you know have to be in her world. Shannon was a pro at handling that every single time. And it was, I don't ever think that ever really happened to me because uh, 
you know, every once in a while I run into a customer and I sit and talk with them uh, or stop and talk to them for at least a couple seconds. And, uh, you know, I never had to uh, try to duck and cover, even though once in a while I did, because I did find some of my customers annoying. But uh, the only time where it came close is when I would come into the bar to visit Shannon on my day off, because let's face it, bartenders, we all do come in and visit other bartenders at our bar on our nights off. And uh, then I'd run into some of my regulars from uh, my night. And, you know, it's kind of nice being on that side of the bar to talk to them. Oh, now, see, now here here I go again that uh, I'm going off track here because I'm trying to remind you people that you are uh, you are now what is commonly referred to as a sex symbol. But then I'm going into my mind, my experiences and sitting back thinking, I went in there and I was respectful. I sat next to him. I talked to them. It, no, that's that's not where I want this conversation to go. Uh, because I am humdrum. I am boring. I am the Richie Cunningham of the bar scene. Uh, I just didn't know. I mean, I could have been sitting next to these girls. They could have been totally in love with me. And I never would have known it. So let's talk about people that did know it. From what I've seen on like all the social media groups and whatnot, I follow, uh, believe it or not, yeah, um, all you bartenders that follow me on Facebook and Instagram or Twitter, odds are I follow you too. And I see the stuff that you put up there. And your customers love you. I can tell this just because you guys have the biggest smiles and you guys look like you're having the most fun at your bar. And... uh. But there are a couple of the bartenders that I've seen, bartenders or servers that I've seen that, uh, you know, really love being a a sex symbol. That's just, they just kind of, you know, put themselves out there kind of like that. And they, you know, dress a little bit differently than they would in a normal everyday situation, definitely, uh, uh, than any other place than they would. I was about to say, uh, at a normal job, but bartending and serving is a normal job. Shame on me for even trying to think to uh, say that, but they dress a little bit differently than they normally would. So, you know, uh, you know, the guys, you know, might loosen one more button on their button down shirt, wear a little bit tighter t-shirt if they're working behind the bar girls, you know what you do and uh you know and i don't care who you are because uh you know it's more than just being a sex symbol there are people out there i don't care what you look like i don't care what body size what uh your hair looks like what anything about you but it's about how you carry yourself that's what makes people sexy that's it's not about hair. It's not about clothing. It's not about uh, how much skin you're showing. It's about how you carry yourself. It's almost the attitude. It does, and does it fit you? And uh, is the character you're playing behind the bar the uh, what are, uh, people are attracted to? You have to sit back and think about that, because I'm sure that these bartenders, uh, they you know. On the off chance, I'm not saying we're all saints because we're we're not. Uh, and the chance that they do bring somebody home, that person is usually 
in love with the person that you are behind the bar. And if you feel like that you are completely different from the way you are behind the bar from the way you are at home, until you get rid of that person, you're kind of stuck with that because then all of a sudden you're uh, in that situation like they're not in love with me, they're in love with the character. I mean, I'm sure movie stars run into that sort of thing all the time. Uh, I'm, you know, think think of, uh, uh, I don't know, I can't think of any actors or actresses that are completely different. Uh, well, hell, let's go with Han Solo. And just because Star Wars is... Uh, uh, everybody's on the edge of their seat for the sequel coming out pretty soon. Uh, I've seen Harrison Ford play Han Solo and Indiana Jones and uh, all these characters all my life. And then I see him on The Tonight Show or some kind of talk show, and he actually acts very standoffish, actually kind of shy. And it's kind of weird because, you know, I, I'm expecting to see the scoundrel or the scruffy looking nerf herder, but he's just actually kind of quiet and, you know, standoffish. doesn't really want the attention and, you know, and, you know, Calista Flockhart, maybe, you know, when they first got together, well, I don't know, was she old enough to even see star Wars? Anyway, I'm sorry, Harrison Ford. I'm making fun of you. Um, the, uh, you know, there was a, running possibility that she actually was attracted to Indiana Jones or Han Solo first before actually getting to know Harrison Ford. That can be the case when you're working behind the bar too, because let's face it, when we're bartenders, we're, we're playing a character. We are, it's, and sometimes you do or say things behind the bar that you normally wouldn't do. Why? Because behind the bar, at least me, I felt safe. This is my space. I can do what I want. I can say what I want within reason. And uh, I and sometimes I do or say things that I normally wouldn't even do in public. Wait, working in a bar is public. Boy, I really got to get these things straightened out in my head. Anyway, time for a distraction. Uh, if, remember, guys, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter... And HeyBartenderPodcast.com. Remember to go visit there every once in a while. But up next, up next is our musical guest from Des Moines, Iowa, from the album Meet Your Heart Out. Here is Karen Meet with the single I Made You a Card.
from her album Meet Your Heart Out. That was Karen Meat with her single I Made You a Card. If you want to find out more about Karen Meat, the easiest way is to head on over to bandcamp.com. Search her out. You can listen to that song and other songs that she's written. Go check her out now. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, back to the subject we were talking about. Congratulations, you're a sex symbol. Uh, you know, being a, uh, being a bartender, I mean, it comes, it, it, I've told you guys a thousand times, when you're behind the bar, you are a celebrity. You are center stage. You are the one that everybody is paying attention to. So don't be surprised that people become ultimately attracted to you, uh, ultimately want to be your friend, ultimately want to see you naked. Yes, all of you. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are or what you look like. There are people out there that want to see you naked. Just get used to the idea and watch out for the weirdos. I mean, because uh, there's always weirdos somewhere. And that, uh, you know, like I said, my friend Shannon, she had people that were constantly wanting to be around her just because she had that magnetic personality. And, but she never walked out of the bar alone. She always had somebody walk with her. And that is just a safe way to do it just because, well, like that guy I was telling you about that decided to dedicate a Bob Dylan song to her, there could have been some bad things that happened. But uh, fortunately for everybody, he um, he never acted on it. And once he realized that he'd crossed the line, he disappeared and never saw him again. But if you do find that certain somebody that is attracted to you and you find yourself attracted to them, you know, that's up to you whether you want to act on the, uh, act on those impulses because we're only human. And, you know, if you want to go play, play. I mean, this, uh, it, but be responsible about it and, you know, try to at least try your best to get to know the person before you do anything that you might regret later. But let's all admit it here for a second, bartenders and servers alike. After a night of bartending and you realize that people have been trying to get to know you, trying to get a date with you, trying every trying everything they can to get whatever goal that they're set out to, whether it being, being your best friend or being a one-night stand or being that long-term relationship that everybody is constantly searching for, when you go home, don't you feel a little bit better about yourself? You feel, yeah, you know, you don't, uh, your self-esteem is up and just because you've received compliments that night. You've received a smile. You know, sometimes a smile is all it takes. You know, uh, I felt good about myself a dozen times when uh, I'd look up and see one of my regulars and she just gives me a little smile from across the bar. Hey, I felt really good about that even though her boyfriend was about two times larger than me, both in height and width, and not the fat width, the shoulder. like He he was like borderline Hulk. But, you know, the fact that she smiled at me, I wasn't going to act on it uh, uh, just because I figured she's in a relationship. What, uh, you know, I can't be bothering her. But the, the fact that she smiled at me made me feel good about myself. And so... You know, just enjoy those moments, and uh, because you know, look at this world nowadays. I mean, uh, there's not a lot to feel good about right now, and you know, people are are constantly 
you know, putting other people down. I, you know what I started wondering the other day? Is it possible to give somebody a compliment anymore? It's like I was screwing around on social media and uh, somebody referred, uh, called another person darling. Darling. Now, I come from an age where the word darling is a term of endearment. You know, it's, it's just a, like a pet name or, you know, just something nice to say. And other people completely blasted that person for saying darling. And I was like, where the hell did that come from? Besides the person that they're blasting right now is probably the nicest person in Hollywood. Uh, and you know, that person didn't deserve to get beat up like this just for saying darling. And, uh, so yeah, you bartenders and servers, uh, you know, in, based on my experience alone, uh, the female bartenders, they use darling, they use sweetie, they, uh, use pet names a lot like that. I don't know if it's because they can't remember my name or they just feel like, uh, calling somebody sweetie. Uh, it's like that episode of the Big Bang Theory where uh, Bernadette yelled at uh, yelled at Raj, saying, "I call everybody, sweetie." You know, is it possible that we can't do that anymore? So, in, next time you're in a bar situation, you got to look around. That sort of thing has um, I first noticed it. I think I was a sophomore in high school. Uh, I was walking around walking around the high school. And there was this girl behind me, so me and another friend of mine, good friend of mine, we decided that it was the proper gentleman thing to do to open a door for a lady. If there is a woman behind you, you automatically get the door for them. And, uh, you know, the guy, uh, the other guy, he was my, my friend. He was the ultimate nice guy. I followed his, uh, on his coattails. But he was the ultimate nice guy. So he, when he decided we should uh, open the doors for women, I followed along. I said, you're right, let's do it. And so I'm walking around the school, and there's a girl behind me. And I open up the door for her, and she goes, don't open the door for me. I'm liberated. And I went, you're taking away a man's right, a man's privilege to open a door for a pretty girl? You know, all right. And then I walked through the door before her and shut the door right in her face. And it's, she's liberated, liberated. So that shouldn't have mattered to her. And, uh, but from then on out, uh, I did, didn't mean I stopped right then and there opening the door for any woman, including her. Then on out, she decided not to say anything about it. I still open the door for her. And I do that to this day. So is it going to become offensive now that, uh, you know, opening, doing something as simple as opening a door for a woman. Granted, some of the terms of endearment that a lot of people use, like if I call a woman that I've known for a whole 30 minutes, if I automatically call her beautiful, okay, that's that may be crossing a line, possibly. Um, but, you know, if say I was working behind the bar and all of a sudden I walk up to this, hey, beautiful, what can I get you? And is that going too far is was that something stupid for me to say does that open the door for the woman to all of a sudden say 
what the hell is wrong with you? Don't call me that. Uh, don't call me that. Or the only reason why you're serving me is uh, based on my appearance. Is that the only reason why you're talking to me right now? And you know, cause I would start thinking, well, I'm starting to change my mind about the whole beautiful thing. So do you want me to call you ugly? And there's always uh, other ways I can take this. So, you know, but that's completely derailing from uh, what I was talking about earlier. And I mean, face it, bartenders and servers, uh, you're a sex symbol once you start working because you're famous. You are center stage. You are the person that everybody comes to see. And your performance comes from the liquor bottles, the beer taps, you, the food you serve. It That is your magic trick. That is your trait. That is the uh, your dance moves, Your however you want to refer to it. That is your performance. Pouring those drinks, making those jokes, uh, and you know the casual smile at a customer. And that is everything that your performance is, and that makes people want to be around you. That makes people want to uh, start to wonder what you're like on the outside, or uh, start to want to date the person that they see the behind the bar, and. You know, that's something you're not going to be able to control. So accept it. And in most cases, enjoy it. Because who doesn't want to feel sexy from time to time? And, and, or feel like they're... I mean, in this day and age, I hear people complaining that, you know, I don't want to be judged by the way I look. But come on, admit it. It feels good sometimes, doesn't it? Anyway, that's it for the show today. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and visit the HeyBartenderPodcast.com website and check out the blog, check out the drinks that I post on there, and, you know, pick up a t-shirt, you know, why not? Is they're uh, kind of cool and some kind of funny. Remember to share, like, and subscribe to Hey Bartender Podcast, available on iTunes, Spotify, wherever podcasts are made. But until the next show... Lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness, and don't take any shit from anybody. Good night. I blew each and all my friends. Felt so good, I had to blow again.